PK, it is time to talk BYU football with the former wide receiver Dylan Cauley. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are we doing? Good. PK is chomping to the bit. He's waiting you to put put some stake in the ground and just drive people nuts this morning with something. What you, line you drawing in the yeah. sand? All, Where's or, the uh, line? I keep wanting to call you Austin. Sorry, yeah, Dylan. Get it over with. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. I, just just let it roll. Right. That's, that's all you can do. So right out of the gate, first thing I want to know is. Before we can decide if BYU is going to win and get to 6-0 and and be halfway to an undefeated season, all that kind of stuff, I need to know who's playing quarterback. Um, I assume Baylor Romney is out because they saw him reach for his helmet, and I've seen that a lot of times, and those guys usually don't play. Yeah. So that leaves, is Jaron ready to come back? Kalani's been talking like he's getting close. Or is it Conover, and now you're talking to a guy who's played all of two quarters of college football, and the task gets tougher. What do you think? Yeah, I think it really all it all depends on the confidence that everybody has in the defense, right, the special teams, and the rest of the offense. If you know that Tyler and the offensive line, right, if you won, if you have James Empey back, if you have Harris Lachance back, and you trust that basically the offensive line in the run game is going to be able to dominate in the same way that they did against Utah State, then you can be comfortable giving Jaron another week. Right, if that's the goal. If you're sitting there saying, Hey, we need to start kind of turning that momentum as we start getting ready for Baylor, right? As we start getting ready for these other power five teams that finish out the season, do we put Jaron back in and just let it go? Um, those are kind of the debates that you need to have internally to be able to decide who's gonna start and why. If it's just hey, right, like we're not that worried. We know, we know Tyler will be able to dominate. We know the offensive line is going to be able to put together a force against the defense and move the ball, yet Jaron is still not in good enough shape to where we're questioning if he's going to be able to play the rest of the season, right? Then, then you, go, you go with Conover um, and let him build and you let him develop at this time. But, you know, I think, I think personally Jaron should be rearing to go uh, because this game is not a game that you just kind of take lightly and, and and turn over to the uh, the the, the two quarter the two quarter starter. Yeah, when you did that, you had a lead, so you could nurse it a little bit. Obviously, you're not going to have a lead when the game starts. Uh, I'm wondering with the team having a lot of leadership with uh, Algier. Katoa, the Nakua brothers, uh, you, you know, guys' offensive line you just mentioned. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where potentially a, a first-year freshman, or I guess he's not a first-year, but a freshman starting, would you go out of your way to make sure you'd pump him up this week and that he has the that he knows he has the confidence of his guys? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's critical from from the get-go as soon as you see jaron down you need to make sure all the quarterbacks that could be potentially stepping on that football field have the confidence of everybody else around them right and it may not be a physical confidence where you're saying hey this kid's going to come in and and, hey as a receiver we know you're going to be able to throw for 275 300 yards in your first couple games but more so hey you have the ability to do it 
you've done this, you know, type of thing before. Trust your arm. You know the offense, right? Mentally, there's nothing you have to worry about. The offensive line is going to take care of you. You need to be building that internal confidence so that mentally you at least have a shot for him to go in and believe that he can do it, right? Then you let the rest of the physical stuff take over. So the good news for BYU is no matter what happens at quarterback, they got Tyler Algier at running back, 218 yards, massive run, well, several key runs, but one really jumps out at everybody. Uh, PK was saying, well, where does he rank among BYU running backs? Not Luke Staley. I put him in front of Curtis Brown. I think he's got breakaway speed Brown didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, not the receiver Unga was, but other than that, I think that's a pretty even comparison. Jamal in college, I viewed him as not as powerful, but probably a right. better breakaway threat. So a little different. So I really go with uh, Algiers Unga. What do you think? Yeah, and it's that is that is such a difficult thing to talk about. And just like you went through, mm-hmm. right? I don't think we've seen a guy like Tyler Algier. I mean, in my lifetime, right? Who can run downhill? Who has that break breakaway speed when we, you know, when he needs it? Um, I I do believe that he's up there with the Luke Staley's of the world. I think he runs very similar to Luke does. I don't think that he has the lateral speed um, in terms of just the one cut fast twitch. Uh, but I mean, Tyler's making a case here to be up there on kind of that Mount Rushmore of Jamal Harvey and uh, and Luke Staley. One of the things I think is cool about BYU football now, when they take the field, they absolutely believe they're going to win. I think you can see it in their eyes and whether they've got some more swag or whatever you want to say. How important is that when you run out of that locker room at the start of the game to believe we're going to win? Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest with you, right, in, in my four years of college football, there were very, very few times that I felt that, right? Um, as a team and on the teams that I was a part of. And so even to be able to have, you know, in the the couple games (laughs) that I had the opportunity to really know, like, hey, we're going to go out there and dominate as a team, uh, it it changes the entire entire mindset for a culture, right? Like that team right now genuinely believes that they are a top-tier college football program, right? I mean, right now – Right now, easy to say Alabama and Georgia are literally in a league of their own. Yeah. Right? Like they don't even, that's not even considered college football anymore. <laughs> but the rest of that pack, that 128 other teams, BYU is, you know, that's a, that's a playoff viable team. And they genuinely believe that. And so to go out there and to know you can put your third string quarterback in and still play at a very high level to where, hey, if our third-string quarterback who's never played in a college football game in his life and has never played in a football game in the last three and a half years, but we can throw him in there and just decide, yeah, we're just going to run all over this team, that's, that's, that is, that's completely game-changing. And to be honest with you, I don't see that really changing over the next five, six, seven years because of the momentum going into right, the recruiting pickup, the Big 12, um, all these different aspects that now BYU is playing. It, it's going to be very hard not to see BYU as a top 25 team for the next 
you know, 10, 12 years. Nice. There it is. That's what you wanted, PK, right there. I can I can hear Ute fans. Hold on, I gotta be quiet. I listen to Ute fans scream at their radio in their cars. So now Ute fans that's are not gonna want to play BYU for a different reason. Oh that's too much for one second. We don't want to get on. beat. Hold on, hold on. That's too much for one second. <laughs> do you I really mean, feel like the way things are weeks, right? Do you yeah. really feel like the way things are going in college football that anyone can guarantee anything about any program for more than like two or three years? Because I don't. Yeah. I, I, no, right, and and that's why I say it's it's one thing to sit here and say you have you have programs that have been top ten teams for the last decade, right? Like the shoe in, the automatics. Whereas now, and I think this year specifically, you are seeing this change, and I think the NIL is going to affect that in a huge way. But that's also going to show you're going to see the same top twenty five teams for the next ten years, right? You're going to see those same groups that have that type of momentum, that have those types of resources. But just in, you know, that, that two- to three-year change, I mean, like, like I said, it is very, very hard to see or point out a specific reason unless Nick Saban has nobody else down his tree that's ready to go to see any sort of change in a team like Alabama, right? Like, what they're doing right now is not even – like, it's not even fair hmm. To what the rest of college football is, and I don't, I don't think that's ever going to change. When you're starting quarterbacks making over a million dollars in NIL, like you're, you're never going to lose again. <laughs> it's very, very hard to see how that, that's a possibility of them not being, you know, a national championship contender forever. So you're saying that this NIL is just going to make the rich get richer? Is that accurate? Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. But it's also going to move up, right? Like you're going to see the, you know, the, the group of five schools, right? I mean, the Coastal Carolinas, the Coastal Carolinas are going to continue to flourish, right? The UCS are going to continue to now, obviously, UCF going into the, the Big 12. But all of these schools that have kind of that, you, you have the big market schools or the big market teams for the NBA and the NFL, right? Where you see everyone in New York and you see everybody in L.A. As these schools, the, the UCS of the world, the Coastal Carolinas, right? These schools on the coast that are known to be rich college environments, right? With, with partying and the Saturdays are good, right? You're, you're now looking at college football at a whole new level. And that's where kids are going to want to go because the resources are going to be available to them to make money and have fun playing football. Well, I guess the only thing I'd hold on to is nobody wins forever. And that other people can certainly ante up a million dollars to a quarterback if that's what it takes to win. Because we're seeing them ante up five million to a head coach because they think that's what it takes to win. But most most people have a problem identifying who is really good. Clemson has a quarterback who may be really good one day, but he's not really good today. So we're going to get some turnover in the the playoff teams. Because... Oregon and Ohio State have losses, and Clemson's uh, out of the top 25. So we're, there, there's some powerful teams having problems. Yeah, no question. But that's where you go back. That's where you go back to what is now Georgia, what is now, you know, once again. I mean, the key here is Alabama. It's not like Alabama's just been outside of the last couple of years, right, with Jalen Hurts, 
Mac Jones, and you could say as a college quarterback, was Mac Jones that phenomenal, or did he have everybody around him, right? Uh, it's not like Alabama's just been rich with quarterback history. Like, up until Jalen Hurts and Tua, their quarterbacks have been almost terrible, right? They've never actually panned out. And so now you're seeing teams, Alabama's getting good quarterbacks, right? Because everything else around them, the defense, the offensive line is so dominant that's where it's hard to see a change in tier there. Yeah, I'm thinking too also that if I'm offered by these powerhouses, Alabama and now it's Georgia and we know Ohio State has been there for a number of years, Clemson a little down, but we'll see uh, Oklahoma. Why not go there first because I got a free transfer in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. And so I go there and if I Maybe even just you know quarterback, which only plays one position, but the uh, one person I mean, but the other positions play multiple. So if I'm looking like, all right, I am going to be hard hard pressed to be on the field by my second year. Well, then I take a step down, or maybe I take two steps down. You know, whatever the hierarchy is. So I'm thinking that with this transfer rule, that could actually help the blue buds even more because why not go there? Because the idea, if I can make it there. I can make it in the NFL. Right. One, 100%. And I think that that train will only pick up, right? Because now, like you're saying, you're only building a case for yourself. Right. So now you're putting more on your resume to then go to maybe a different power five or a different group of five school to where the football is going to continue to get better. You're always going to be the guy, Right. The NIL, because you're coming from a power five, like the Alabamas of the world, right? Like the Oregon, the Ohio State, you know, everything, everything is there for you once you attend that type of school to start and then transfer. So before we let you go here, do you believe BYU will be 6-0? and Are they going to make it halfway through the season undefeated? Are they going to beat a 2-3 and Boise State team who has played a difficult schedule? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, uh, no doubt about it. Is it going to be more difficult than the last two weeks? Of course, but at home, it's uh, that's a tough environment, you know, to, to lose in, and I don't see them losing. As always, we appreciate it, Dylan. Thanks for a few minutes. Awesome. See you guys. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, joining us weekly here to talk college football. Very confident, even if they have to go with a third string quarterback who's played. Two quarters of college football. Yeah, and I think they will start, Conover. I think you have to go with a level of confidence because it's a football team. It's not quarterback, obviously, is the most important position, but you've got an experienced play caller, extremely experienced now. I mean, we're getting into the Norm Chow category of experience, which they haven't had since Norm Chow. <laughs> and uh, uh, so he can, and he's a Norm Chow disciple. And uh, you know knows and worked under him and played under him and all that stuff. So he can speaking of a rod, he can tailor a plan around Conover's skills. There may be a time, maybe not, maybe, but there may be a time where you got to make a play and you got to get the ball downfield. But I mean, there really wasn't last year for all of Zach Wilson's greatness. Watching Tyler Algier go virtually the length of the field right off the bat. 
And that took all the pressure off. And so who's to say that he doesn't do it again? Because, you know, and I think what Dylan is saying there is very important, getting Empey back and Chance back. You want your best guys up front. And Blake Anderson couldn't say enough good things about the guys that were in there. The Utah State coach about that offensive line. That you don't run for 200 yards without an offensive say, line. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If, you, if you're the old line, you deserve a pat on the back. If the running back goes for 200 yards, the old line did its job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see how the, the nature and the flow of the game goes and what do you need out of Conover. You know, the proverbial game manager is out there. Well, you can win. You The problem is trying to win 12 games with a game manager is more difficult, but you can win a single game. So let's see how this goes here. I believe, though, that Conover is going to have to make some plays because I, I think Bachmeyer is very good. I was about to bring up the number of points that Boise State has scored this year. Now they got a two and three record, and that's not good, and that's not Boise State like. But they went to UCF, they played Oklahoma State, and Nevada might end up winning that league. That's a good ball club this year. Right. So, I mean, UTEP, you gifted yourself a game. But other than that, deservedly so. Right. Utah (laughs) State. Uh, had already beaten Air Force and already beaten Washington State. So this is a strong schedule out of the gate for Boise State. Two and three is not a good record. But to your point about Bachmeyer and their offense, 31 points against UCF, 31 against Nevada. They lost the game, but 30 can be a winning number. And if Conover's quarterbacking, with only two quarters under his belt, can you expect BYU to go out and put up 35 points? Because you got to figure the Bronco defense, which isn't great, is going to have an extra man in the box because the run defense is bad. The run defense actually is awful. We haven't really gotten into that yet, but they're not in the top 100. There's 130 teams. If you're not in the top 100, you're bad. So they'll probably commit an extra guy to that run game. So can Conover make throws down the field into one-on-one coverage? Which then, you know, that's not a bad situation as long as it's not crossing patterns across the middle and all that stuff. Because if you're throwing deep down the sides, post-type patterns, well... It could be the worst is going to happen is it's a pick, obviously. But, but maybe it's the a pick, pick is a 30, punt. 40 yards downfield right. is not the same as something Arm across the punt. middle. Yeah, so, uh, the, you know. like, really, the, the, who had more had that first interception for BYU. Phenomenal play, by the way. Uh, but at least it was downfield. You know, it no was. return. Right, yeah. yeah. So, there's, you know, not all interceptions are equal, obviously, uh, with that going on there. And I was going to say something else profound, and now I forgot. What the heck was I just going to say? Because it was going to, it was going to be awesome. Bachmeyer, offense. Boise State scores points, but they give up a lot of points too. I appreciate you trying to jar my memory. I'm trying. That's 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 a team. That's right there. Yeah, I I rip on them, but we got each other's backs, man. Yeah, I got when we're in anyway. the trenches, man. <laughs> don't don't you kid yourself, man. I look out for you, and you try to pants me. <laughs> What are you, Casey Musgraves? You're wearing no pants now on Saturday Night Live? When we come back, (laughs) what Jacksonville players are saying about Urban Meyer. Sounds like the end is near. Or the team ownership. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.